Hello everyone and welcome to the WTS podcast. We are on a mission to amplify brilliant women's voices in the SEO industry. I'm your host, Iselin Mühlhauser, and today I welcome Kavi Cardos. Hello, Kavi. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you. We have such an important topic today. Today we discussed what is a toxic environment, what does it look like, what does it feel like, and more importantly, how to live. May I say how to live gracefully? Like <laughs> <laughs> You hope so anyway, yeah. <laughs> So that's the, the key takeaway you'll have at the end of the podcast. But first, let's start with you. So you are an SEO leading organic search strategy for top companies in entertainment, cybersecurity, education and beyond. And currently you are the director of SEO at Uproar. Yep, that's all right. <laughs> Preparing for this interview, you said that you wanted the interview to serve as encouragement and empowerment for anyone who's currently living in a, in a toxic environment and to help us advocate for ourselves. So first, like, what does it look like? How do I know? I mean, because there's always ups and downs in a job, right? right but yeah. how do I know that this is not good on, on another level? Yeah, so that's a, a good way of putting it. There are always ups and downs in every job, right? And you you find yourself thinking day to day, is this the right job for me? Am I really in the right place? Uh, and I think the difference between a job that has its down days or days where you don't feel like you're doing your best and an environment that's truly toxic is that it becomes a pattern. So I think if you're If you're unhappy every day, <laughs> if you're finding that you can't do your best work, that you aren't proud of the work that you're doing, and you aren't getting uh, recognition for for the good work that you do and help with with the struggles that you're having at work, then it's it could be a sign that you're in a toxic place. And you know, from day to day, when you feel like maybe you're not doing your best, or I had a bad day today, or I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, or something like that, that's that's one thing, but when you notice that you're going home at the end of the day, every single day, or you just feel like you're drowning, you know, at work and there's no, there's no one to help you out with that. I think that's when you start to recognize that there's a pattern going on. It's not just a sort of day-to-day -day struggle. Can you give me an example that would tell me, oh, yes, the issue is the job and, and not something else that might be going on in my personal life? Mm-hmm. So I have these feelings, but is there something happening at the job that I can pinpoint or recognize? Yeah. So I, in my case, um, I was uh, in a previous position with an employer I won't name. I don't want to you know, throw anybody under the bus. But um, when I was working for this previous employer, I found myself in a situation where, especially working in SEO, you know, we're often sort of isolated. If you're the only SEO working at your company, you don't necessarily have a boss or coworkers who understand exactly what it is that you do and who understand why it is that things might go wrong. Sometimes if you don't achieve your goals, you know, it's hard to explain why to somebody who's not working in SEO with you. So I was definitely in that situation, the only SEO uh, at the company that I worked at. And We undertook a project that didn't go as planned. It seemed to go perfectly fine at first. And then we 
made some mistakes. I made some mistakes and uh, it resulted in uh, what I still think is probably an algorithmic penalty. Then, you know, traffic just tanked on the site and wouldn't come back. So I, I found myself having to answer for that. And I think when I realized that this is not just I've made a mistake at work and I need to claw my way back. When I when I realized that it was a toxic environment, it was because I wasn't getting support from my managers and my team, um, and even you know from higher up in the C-suite. I wasn't getting support to come back from the mistakes that I had made. I wasn't finding support from especially my direct managers to say, let's identify what the problems were. I'm going to help you fix them and I'm going to help you feel empowered to fix them. I was instead just being told this is unacceptable. You have to do something about this. If you don't do something about this, you'll be fired. As the person managing SEO at this company, I was also promised help at some point. I was promised that I would be able to hire uh, additional help, you know, to have say, a specialist or someone like that working underneath me to help with the roadmap that we had and the strategy that I had laid out. And that help never came, um, kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So I you know, found that the company was making promises that they weren't keeping. And then when, you know, when we ran into struggles, I, I didn't have any support internally either from you know, a fellow SEO or something like that to, to help me come back from those mistakes. So I think the main things that I noticed and that really helped me identify that this was a, a toxic environment were just that that lack of constructive feedback, that lack of uh, support for coming back from a mistake like that or coming back from a struggle like that. And in addition to that, just the the promise of help that never arrived. Um, it, it sort of demonstrated to me that SEO wasn't a priority within the organization, but also made me feel like I wasn't a priority within the organization. You know, my my mental health, my success at work didn't feel like a priority either. Well, as human, we know that we all make some mistake at some points. And as SEOs, we know that there are lots of things out of our control mm -hmm, when <laughs> we start implementing SEO strategies. So I'm pretty sure lots of people can uh, relate to what you've just said because we've all seen some dip in the traffic and things mm -hmm. happening uh, when there are algorithm updates. So you mean the the company didn't realize those, I don't know how to call them, unplanned. I mean, it's beyond our controls because we don't Sometimes, tell yeah. Google what they should do, obviously. And... Sometimes mistakes, they're not even mistakes. They can also be tests, like we, sure, we don't right. know what's best. And you were not able to do these tests. Yeah, and we undertook this project knowing that there was a possibility that we would see a dip in traffic. I think when we realized this is not just a dip, this is a, a penalty, you know, because we saw traffic go down. We waited, you know, 30 days or so to see if it would come back. And when it didn't, I needed to figure out how to say, okay, look, this is uh, this is not just a, a temporary dip. This looks like something more serious. I think it's because of what we just did to the website. And I need to take accountability for that. But we also need to move forward. We need to figure out what happens next. And uh, yeah, having to explain exactly what had happened to people who, who, like you said, don't necessarily understand what is and what is not within our control when it comes to Google and penalties and all that sort of thing uh, 
made it much more of a struggle. You know, if it ha- if I had had uh, somebody else around who understood that sort of thing, then I would have been able to uh, have what I was saying corroborated by someone else on the team. And instead, I was just sort of, you know, flapping my hands and saying, I promise this is what happened. <laughs> but it's, you know, you're the only voice in the room. It, it gets to be pretty hard. But it's a really difficult balance. Like, how do you take accountability for a mistake or something you tried and didn't work out, all the while keeping your mental health a priority? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is the hardest part. <laughs> and I think you know nobody likes to admit that they were wrong or that something they were excited to try didn't work out the way that they thought it would. Um, especially uh, in my case. As I said, I was the only person responsible for this strategy, so there was no one else to pin it on. Um, I had outlined this this project that we were going to undertake and then got all excited about it, carried out all the steps, and then it didn't work, and it actually went backwards, you know? So uh, I think the most important thing for me in taking accountability for that was just the the act of taking that accountability. Um, as I said, there's there's no one else around that I can point to and say, this was their fault, or even this was Google's fault or something like that. I I needed to admit that what I thought was going to work properly did not, and that I wasn't sure what to do next. Um, what I was hoping would happen was that I would say, I was wrong. I'm not sure why this didn't work the way that I wanted it to. Now I need you know, support both emotionally, mentally, but also in terms of resources from my team. Uh, I didn't get that, unfortunately, in this situation. But um, I think telling people what you need in that sense, uh, saying, here's what happened. Now, here's what I need in order to help me dig out of this um, is part of admitting that you're wrong. So taking accountability is not just here's what happened. Uh here's what I could have done better, but also here is what I need from you or here's what would help me to do better or to improve upon this the next time we try something like this. Yes, I hear you. It's literally a constructive approach and looking towards Mm -hmm. the future, whereas just being descriptive and saying, oh, it didn't work. And so what would be like you having a constructive approach, but what's the difference between... A constructive and non-constructive feedback. I mean, feedback is a thing and we hear a lot, oh, ask for feedback. Feedback is mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> so what's, what's your take on feedback? I think the difference for me is the, the definition of the word, right? We call it constructive feedback because it's intended to help you build something. And now when I give feedback to members of my team, I try to ask them questions rather than just dictating what I think has happened. So non-constructive feedback to me looks like uh, I'm going to tell you what you did wrong, or I'm going to tell you what is wrong with this this thing that you've done or this idea that you've proposed. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not really interested in what you have to say. I'm just going to tell you what I think that's not really building. It's just piling on somebody, right? So asking questions and saying, what do you think went wrong here? Um, What do you think you could do better next time? Are you satisfied with these results? And if not, why not? How do you, you know, how do you, how do you feel about what has happened here rather than just saying, here's how I feel. Making somebody else describe what happened in their own words and 
uh, tell you what they think went wrong forces them to think about the problem in a way that actually builds towards a solution because they're the ones who are going to eventually have to fix the problem, right? They're the ones who are going to have to uh, come back from it. So they need to understand in their own words and their own mind how to get there. And, and I think the best way to do that is to have them say it out loud. So I'm a big fan of asking questions when giving feedback rather than just speaking at somebody, you know? <laughs> Let's say that you are unfortunate to to be faced with someone who's explaining the situation for mm -hmm. you. <laughs> like, is, is there um, a clever way to turn the situation around or to to make it move forward in like in a way that is constructive. I mean, if someone tells you this and that and that goes wrong, like, I mean, how do you go forward? How do you turn this situation? Yeah, it's it, it, so much of this has to do with personality, right? So feeling out the the person and knowing how they work and how they think is is it depends, I guess. That's the classic SEO answer, right? But it comes it comes into play with people too. Uh, I think recognizing what someone is trying to get across and empathizing with them, you know, why are they upset? Why have they, uh, why are they dissatisfied with your results? And what can I say to make them feel better about it? I think that's, that's an important piece, but also not getting defensive um, and not, not trying to stick up for yourself and uh, well, you should stick up for yourself, but not in a defensive way, you know, if that makes sense. I think rather than, turning it around on them and saying, well, you don't understand or uh, you you weren't there, so you don't know, you know, that sort of thing. That's not, again, that's not constructive. That's not going to help you build towards a solution. Um, I think if you find yourself being uh, criticized or given feedback that doesn't feel constructive, asking questions yourself, you know, what can we, what can we do from here? Let's try to let's try to make this better. I, I hear what you're saying, you know, making sure they understand that they're heard, that you do know what what they're upset about, what they've seen. Um, and then saying, OK, I've got it. I, I hear what you're saying. What can we do now? Just trying to move forward rather than focusing on what went wrong. And at what point do you realize it's it's not moving like in your story, when did you realize that the situation was stuck and, and it was time to leave? Yeah, I think for me, when I was able to identify potential solutions and said, here is what I need to get there. Um, I would like to hire someone internally. I would like more help with the projects that we're trying to undertake. We've got too much going on. This is too much work for one person. Um, and you know, making sure that I was very clear about these are my boundaries, this is what I'm willing to do and what I don't have the capacity to do. Uh, if you want me to do more, I will need X, Y, and Z. I will need these resources. And being told no repeatedly, no, you have to figure this out on your own. No, you have to make do with what you've got. Um, it, as I said before, it just it shows that SEO and me as an employee was not a priority in the organization. If if I'm there telling you this is what you have to do to make this work and they're not willing to make it work, there's not really much else you can do at that point. Um, I was lucky to have the support of, of some of my coworkers and people that I could talk to at work who sympathized with me and made me feel like I wasn't crazy for, for having these objections, you know, so that definitely helped. But um, 
you know, it feels it feels pretty lonely to be the only person who is concerned about something and who's showing any concern about about the issue and uh, who's showing any desire to actually move forward and and do better. And when I started hearing, especially from my team, that like, no, you're right, this isn't good. <laughs> you know, this is not a good situation. You probably shouldn't be here anymore. I think that gave me the push that I needed to to try and make an exit. I hear you. It's it's difficult to know. Is it me? Is it them? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it? Am I seeing this right? Or like you know? Yeah. Or I've I've said everything I feel like I know how to say. Is there something I'm missing here? Am I uh, am I not showing them the right pieces of data? Am I not asking for the right things? That sort of thing. You know. Yeah. It can be hard when you're the only one. <laughs> so, like in your case, really having a sort of external perception like having colleagues also seeing the situation and maybe not feeling as much was helpful Mm -hmm. but if if you don't have colleagues like what do you do yeah I think you know you gotta you've got to remind yourself and this this is one of the things that I think it's really important for people to take away from this uh from my experience is that in SEO, in marketing, in these types of jobs, we're not saving lives. We're not doctors, you know, (laughs) nothing in marketing is an emergency. Nothing is life or death. So whether you're, you've got someone to corroborate the way you're feeling or not, your feelings are valid. Your feelings are your feelings. You can't change them, right? And so if you're waking up every single morning and dreading going to work and coming out of every one-on-one with your boss, feeling like you've been beaten up, it kind of doesn't matter whether you're correct or not in those feelings. It's it's a fact that you are not thriving at work and that you're not getting what you need out of that job. The paycheck isn't worth it. Um, you know, the stress is not worth it. There's going to be something better for you out there. So setting your own boundaries internally and reminding yourself that like nothing is worth the risk of your mental health. Nothing is worth the struggle of, you know, having to deal with an impossible boss. <laughs> it's it's not the end of the world to have to leave a job. And so I think people without those those coworkers who can support them, and I know that happens all too often as well, you've got to be your own advocate. You know, you've got to be able to say for yourself, this isn't right. I don't feel good. It's not worth it for me to feel like this. And what's happened? So one day you woke up and you decided this is it. <laughs> I've had enough. (laughs) I did that thing that I think a lot of people do where, you know, you start kind of feeling like maybe you're not thrilled with work. So you start casually looking for new jobs and just kind of putting feelers out there, seeing what's out there. And gradually that search starts to get more and more serious. And you start maybe taking an interview here and there, making a few more connections with people like in the WTSEO community, for example, and asking, you know, what jobs are available. I I eased myself into it and I did not want to leave my job without something else lined up because uh, this all happened, you know, not that long ago. And the job market has been really, really tough, especially for SEOs. So I was afraid to leave without something else lined up that added to the stress, unfortunately. But uh, I started thinking about that pretty casually. And as I started to see, okay, there are a couple interviews out there for me. I am seeing jobs that I'm interested in that gave me more courage to to have more serious conversations with my my managers about, you know, what I was planning to do. I never delivered the ultimatum. I never said, you know, if this doesn't change, I'm going to leave. I sort of because that's I think that's an unnecessary conversation. I knew I wanted to leave regardless. So I lined up another job, 
felt confident that that was going to work out and just kind of put in notice and did it the way you normally do. (laughs) Would you say that taking the steps to move forward actually gave you confidence to move forward, Mm -hmm. like sending out letters and stuff? Yeah. And what's interesting, I find this at least applying for jobs. I know some people absolutely hate talking about themselves and hate writing a cover letter and hate interviewing, you know, which that makes sense too. But for me, writing a cover letter, fixing up my resume, going into an interview and talking about, you know, what I've accomplished and that sort of thing, that makes me feel better about myself and the work that I've done. Um, Because a resume is is literally a list of all of the great things that you've done, right? So um, looking at that and reminding myself, oh, yeah, I did, uh, I did achieve these things at that last position, or I did win this award or whatever. Um, Just going through the process of, of interviewing and applying it gives you a little bit of a boost of confidence sometimes. And uh, so, yeah, I did find that as I was going through that process and especially once I got to the interview stage with a couple of different companies and it was going well and I was getting good feedback from people, that definitely gave me that, again, just sort of more corroboration, more assurance that I'm not a terrible SEO. I actually do know what I'm doing. You know, I, I am worth somebody's time. During you you interviewing process, did how did you tell the story? Like, did you mention the story? I've tested this, it didn't work, which mm-hmm. were such lessons? Or how did you approach yeah. mentioning the situation you were in? Right. So one of the questions that you frequently get is, tell us about a time that you failed. <laughs> you know? and so uh, when I was asked that question, this most recent situation was obviously the one that came to mind. And you're in an interview, so you don't want to make yourself look bad. But at the same time, I wanted to show that I have the ability to take accountability for my actions and that I recognized what had gone wrong. So kind of just telling them what I told you, you know, here's what I did. Uh, We tried this, it didn't work. And I can now, uh, in hindsight, identify what went wrong. It was this, this and this, we should have done this differently. I recognize that I, I, uh, if I had had different resources, I could have done this. But again, not not laying the blame anywhere, just saying, here's what happened. Here's what went wrong. I recognize my mistakes. I think that in itself is more impressive to potential employers than even talking about your accomplishments. You know, being able to say, I know what to do when something goes wrong. I've had this experience and I'm not going to make that mistake again. And I know how to admit my faults and I know how to admit my failures. I think employers really love hearing that. So it, it again, was just sort of a boost of confidence. It seems like you were able to show your potential. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what I know today, but like taking accountability, this is what I'm able to accomplish in the future because you were able to grow. Yeah. And nobody wants to hire someone who doesn't know how to learn, right? So (laughs) being, you're not going to come into a job with every single skill uh, that you need in order to excel. And uh, there's always going to be more for you to learn, especially in the world of SEO. There's new skills to learn, new programming languages to learn, all kinds of stuff. So showing an employer this happened, I learned from it in the following ways is it just demonstrates that you're going to be eager to learn, that you're uh, going to be able to take, you know, 
whatever comes at you and, and roll with it. So yeah, I think that's, and especially now that I'm involved in our hiring process, I'm definitely looking for people who both can admit to failures and who are excited to learn from mistakes and excited to test things. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And if you could give an advice to past you, who is in the middle of that situation, mm -hmm. what would you tell past Kavi? I think I would tell her to get out of there faster. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just the reassurance that the things that are your fault are your fault and the things that aren't your fault aren't. And there's nothing you can do about that. You can't change the past. The only thing you can do is change the way you handle the present and the future. And again, just rem the reminder that this is not life or death. No one's going to die because you messed something up on this website, you know. Uh, so I think I would tell myself that it's okay to fail. It's, it's okay to admit that you failed. But the important thing is to learn from it and to move forward and to advocate for yourself and keep your own mental health a priority. That's the most important thing. Because that is... Uh, that is serious. Marketing is not serious, but your mental health is. <laughs> I think that's what I would remind myself. It's wonderful how you are able to reflect on what happened and take all of those lessons today and really share them with me, with us, anyone who's listening. And my usual closing question is, so, and for someone who's in this situation today, Would you give them the same advice as to past Kavi? <laughs> like, oh, what? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I would. And I think I would, especially these days with this really tough job market, you know, um, I think I would tell people you want to be careful about leaving a situation that isn't ideal. You want to make sure that you've got the support or the finances or whatever you need to stay afloat if you're not able to find something new right away, because that's been really difficult for people these past few months, at least in the States. I assume it's the same other places too. But, you know, assuming that you've got the the support that you need to, to leave, just do it. You know, there's something better out there. And sometimes not having a job is the push that you need to get a new one. <laughs> you know, if you feel like you really have to get yourself into another situation, sometimes that's the, that's the push you need to get there. And even if that means, you know, taking a slight pay cut or taking the job that isn't your dream job or something like that, just getting yourself out of the situation that's making you feel terrible day in and day out is the most important thing. Jobs are temporary. So even if you land yourself in a, a situation that's not ideal, something else will come along. You can keep looking. Thank you for sharing your story today. Um, I'm impressed how you are able to discuss something which I imagine at the moment when it happened was full of emotions and, and really mm -hmm. difficult to go through. So thank you for sharing. Like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed and I'm <laughs> proud of you. Thank you for going out there oh, and thank sharing you so much. This. I'm proud of myself too. And I, you know, I'm really grateful for this, uh, this experience because you're right. It did not feel good while it was happening, but, um, it gave me the chance to, to learn some hard lessons and to stand up for myself in a way that I hadn't had to before. So even though I wasn't happy it was happening at the time, I'm, I'm glad that it did now. And look at you today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, I'm in a much better place and I'm really happy about that as well. And I'm sure you're not doing the same mistakes you 
you have seen past managers do. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be better with my team. It definitely taught me something about how to manage people, um, which is also, you know, something I'm really grateful for. And as far as making my own mistakes, I will continue to make them. And I, I think I am better equipped now to embrace those mistakes and just uh, learn how to, how to learn from them rather than, you know, feeling terrible that they happened all the time. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today. It was my pleasure to interview you. And um, anyone who is listening, if you have any follow-up questions, obviously ask. We are here and we are happy to help you out. And yeah, I mean, you closed so beautifully that I'm a loss for a good word. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) Maybe best thing I can say is um, the Women in Tech SEO community is open uh, for anyone who's interested in SEO, no matter your level of experience in SEO. And we are happy if you join. So if you're thinking about joining the community, do it today and you'll meet wonderful people like Javi. So. <laughs> yes. And we're we're there to talk about career stuff too, not just, you know, SEO questions. This, these types of conversations are welcome as well. So, Yeah, very true. And it really helps to have sounding boards, someone it definitely to does. discuss ideas. So. Thank you so much, Kavi, for the interview. Thank you everyone for listening. And I will see, well, listen, hear you. You will hear me in the next guest, <laughs> in the next interview. So, thank you for everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Celine.